0: Sometimes, despite your best efforts, your recovery gets derailed. Powerful life triggers, a lack of support, a wrong turn. Relapse happens, it's frustrating, but the important thing is to not wait another day to get back on track. Foundations Recovery Network is here to help with more than a dozen outpatient programs and six residential treatment centers to choose from. Our co-occurring treatment model gets to the root of your addiction, putting you back on the road to recovery call 877-714-1318 to reach our confidential helpline 24/7. We're waiting by the phone. Yo, what's up? This is Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is Ryan Lee. This is West. This is Bob Roach, this is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in, as always. And thanks to you for supporting the show. We're going to be podcasting live from the Innovations in Recovery Conference, which will be held down at Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, California. That's April 9th through the 12th. Um, You can find more information out about that conference at FoundationsRecoveryNetwork.com slash events. And uh, what I'm going to be doing this year, uh, this is our third year I believe at the San Diego conference. So uh, first off, thanks to foundations for having us down. We always have a good time, get to connect with a lot of great people, hang out by the beach, get a little sun for my pasty powdery ass. And uh, my, uh, my wife and my kids get to join. So we really have a good time. And uh, we, we always enjoy talking to some people and putting some great content out there for you guys to listen to. What I'm going to be doing is releasing that, uh, those, those episodes that we do immediately afterwards. So um, at the latest will be same day that way you guys can kind of follow along as the conference is happening um, and you can hear some of the content that's being recorded that same day. So look out for that uh, this uh, this week uh, this next week coming up and uh, stay tuned there. We'll always have a good time and uh, we'll have some great guests and some good content some good conversation. It's a good knowledge to drop on you guys. Uh, so with that um today's little session I think is going to be a nice little freestyle session. I had a great conversation with my friend Amy Dressner today uh for the project that we're working on which I'll be announcing soon. And uh we man we we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about relapse and we talked about some other things. So some of that content's going to be uh coming out to a uh to a podcast video site near you soon. So look out for that. And I'll be making a formal announcement here in the next I don't know 30 days roughly. And uh, I'm pretty excited about about that, and so I will kind of leave it at that for now. I don't want to uh, don't want to tease you all too much. Next on the agenda for today, guess what? I don't have an agenda, and that's always what's cool about this um, this podcast. Is we get to uh, we get to have a little bit of fun, and we get to uh, explore some new topics, some new content. Uh, one of the things I wanted to to go over actually, now that I think about it, is Uh, Something that we talked a little bit about today, about having fun in sobriety and letting loose and not taking ourselves so damn serious all the time. Life can throw some curveballs at us. Life can throw us some shit at times. And uh, man, uh, you wake up one morning, you think everything's cool and you're eating a shit sandwich for lunch. And uh, what do you do? You know, how do you handle that kind of stuff? How do you uh, what do you rely on? What do you lean on? You know, are you leaning on a mentor, a sponsor? Are you leaning on a meeting? Are you leaning on your um, your significant other to kind of help you through some of these things, uh, which I wouldn't recommend as a first source? Not that your significant other can't be your greatest ally and companion and friend. But, you know, that said, in this recovery space, it's really important to have somebody else outside that's got an outside perspective that's not going to have a biased opinion uh, on that so whether that be a friend a mentor a sponsor or somebody at a meeting people you're connecting with in community uh, can really man just really be that safety net when life does feed you that shit sandwich and sometimes it force feeds you that' sh- that shit sandwich and uh, you don't really have have much of a choice so in that how do we find the fun in life still when we're going through these types of things when we're going through these ups and downs of uh, of life? And I think that goes back to rule 62. Don't take yourself so damn serious. We've got to learn to laugh. We've got to learn to understand that we're right where we're supposed to be at that moment, in that moment. And uh, that's that's part of what I'm continuing to learn on the daily is being happy with where I'm at right now, whether that's high or whether that's low. And uh, it's, it's not an easy thing, let me tell you. Uh, I have my moments during the day. But if we really do if we're really locked in to that space where where we're we're living in the moment, you know, we're not future tripping, we're not beating ourselves up on the past, we're just living for now. You know, that's where we can get in a in a state of peace. And when i say that, i say that with you know, taking into consideration that it's still okay to have goals. We must have goals. We have things that we look forward to. We have we have to make plans sometimes. We have things that need to get done. But those, those things, those plans, those goals can come at the same time as practicing living in the moment, if that makes sense. So writing out your goals is one thing, future tripping on all those goals and why you're not there yet and how you're not, you know, as far as you'd like to be and all that stuff. That's not necessarily doing us any, any favors, really living in the moment. And, and so let me tell you how I do that. Or let me tell you how I practice doing that because I'm I'm not great at it at all times. You know, one is, is prayer and meditation, which I'm consistently learning. I know I've talked a lot about this in the last couple of weeks. At least I feel like I've had multiple conversations on the podcast and with different people about this meditation practice and prayer practice. And it really is, you know, like I said, I think last week practice, we don't just wake up one day and we're not good at it. We're not, we don't just wake up one day and then we're good at something for most of us at least. Maybe there's the rare occasion where that does happen, but we really gotta practice at things, no matter what it is. We have to actively do the work. That's something that Amy and I actually talked about today was do the work. You gotta put in the work. You can sit and listen to podcasts all day. You can listen to my experience. You can listen to other people's experiences through podcasts, through guests, but you can't you I don't I don't know what you can and you can't do. I'm not you. What I'm saying is I know I gotta put the work in you know, to actively progress, to actively change, to actively make progress in my, in my recovery and live in life. And what does that mean? What does putting the work in mean? Well, it means for me, it means getting up early, you know, starting my day off, right with a cup of coffee, some meditation, maybe a walk. I need to get my ass back to the jog or to the gym, something that, you know, I've been struggling with lately. I talked a little bit about food last week, about my struggles with food. And, and that, you know, it's up and down. And so these are the things that, that can keep me, you know, even though I'm not turning into alcohol or drugs, thank God, these are the, it's the same concept when I'm turning to food or when I'm not exercising, when I'm not doing the things, you know, that are making me full come full circle, I guess. Now here's kind of the caveat to that. My buddy Dave and I talked about this at a, at a, on our way to the refuge meeting last week, why am I constantly pushing I feel like I'm constantly pushing. I got to go. I got to do this. I got. It's like, man, can I ever just fucking sit back and just chill and not have to be just like on the go all the time? So what's the balance between that? What's the balance between doing, you know, all the things that I need to do, which is what I'm talking about, puts me in a good space, waking up, prayer, meditation, walking, running, exercising, um, you know, going to a meeting talking to my sponsor meeting with my sponsor talking recovery doing a podcast all these things you know then on top of that i gotta i gotta be shane i gotta be a dad i gotta spend time with my kids with my wife i got work to do on on the other end of everything to make a living all of these things together i'm constantly pushing when do i not push when is it okay to sit back and just not fucking do anything You know, so, and these are, I'm just talking out loud right now. I'm speaking out loud and being real with you. These are the types of things that go through my mind. These are some of the conversations, very little pieces of them that, that I've kind of had in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I don't have an answer for you. I have more questions for you than answers. But what I do hope to, to accomplish here is that, you know, some of these questions, you know, are not only helping me by asking them out loud, but hopefully they're helping you so you can start asking yourself some of these questions. Like, where's the middle ground here? Am, am I pushing enough? Am I not pushing enough? Am I doing just what I'm supposed to be doing? How do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? Only you know that. Only I know that. Sometimes I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. It just depends. Here's here's what I'm getting at here. To kind of wrap this thing up, and then we're going to get to a piece um, that I recently read in a book called 12 rules for life An antidote to chaos. It's by Jordan Peterson. Um, really awesome, awesome dude. And got a lot of great work out there. We're going to get into that in just a minute, but, um, great. Now I just completely forgot what I was going to say by getting, see, see what happens. I'm getting ahead of myself there. Um, what's, what's pushing too much. What isn't pushing enough? Now I'm trying to rack my brain on, on what it was that I was going to, uh, bring this thing full circle with. And I completely spaced My mind. Damn, that pisses me off. It was so good, too. It was so perfect. It was going to pull everything together. Hopefully, I'll remember. I don't have it for you guys. I'm sorry. I completely lost it. In any case, here's the most important thing, I guess. Do what works best for you. Do what works for you. I can't say it enough. Do what works for you. What's your recipe? Only you know. Try things out. Keep an open mind. Um, it, it doesn't have to, it's not going to be perfect either. It's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. The longer I sit around and, uh, and wait for things to be perfect, the less I do, I don't get shit done because I'm waiting for everything to be perfect. So do what works for you. Push, pull, chill, you know, find a, find a median ground somewhere in the middle, but most importantly, don't drink. Don't go out and do drugs. You know, don't go back to those old, those old ways. You got to stay dialed in got to have that foundation set and you got to do the work. Maybe that's what it was. I was coming back full circle to it was, it was putting in the work. I think it was, you know, you got to wake up and you got to do what you got to do to make it work for you. Just like I got to do the same thing. And what works for me is not going to work for you. Maybe some of the things that work for me might work for you and vice versa, you know, so, so listen to a lot of stuff, read a lot of stuff, go to a lot of meetings you know, listen to other people's experiences and take little bits and pieces from all of that shit and put it together into what works for you. But at the same time, have a solid foundation in a program, a sponsor, and, uh, and, and anything else that you want to add to that, whether it's 12 steps, is it church, is it, uh, you know, some prayer and meditation, all those types of things. I can't, I mean, it's all the same shit. I feel like I repeat myself. I feel like I've broken record a lot of the time. You know, we get a lot of questions, a lot of emails. How do I do this? How do I do that? It's it's actually real simple. Like have a have a recovery program, show up, and do the work. I mean, that's it. It's up to you. I mean, you can sit and work circles around it all day long, and you're not going to get anything accomplished. You got to show up and you got to do the work. Okay. So let's jump into this. Uh, this is this is an excerpt that I read last night, and I thought, man, I didn't even didn't even. Um, Really realized that that there was a little bit about alcoholism in here. This book's called Twelve Rules for Life. Uh, it's an antidote to chaos. It's by Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson's been in the in in the news a lot lately. In the last year or two, um, he is um, a, a, a public thinker. Here, well, let me let me read a little bit about um, about uh, Jordan Peterson so you kind of get a little context on who he is. Uh, Jordan B. Peterson became one of the world's most popular public thinkers after decades of serving his clients as a clinical psychologist and inspiring his students as a celebrated professor at Harvard and the University of Toronto. His YouTube lectures describing the deep connections between neuroscience, uh, psychology, and the oldest stories of humanity draw over 100 million viewers from around the world, as do his firm but nuanced messages about personal responsibility and the meaning it bestows upon life." So that's just a short paragraph. There's a little bit more there. I'm not going to get into it. I would um, definitely recommend this book. Now, a buddy of mine, Street, turned me on to uh, to, to some of his work um, not too long ago. And then I also found on uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Joe Rogan. Yeah, if you're not listening to Joe Rogan, you know definitely one of the top podcasts in the business. Go check out some of Joe Rogan's podcasts. He's got all kinds of great guests on there. Um, But this one is with Jordan Peterson. It's episode number 1070. I'll put the link in the show notes for you if you want to check it out because you're going to get some more uh, background about Jordan Peterson, about some of his work, and about some of the controversial stuff uh, that he's been involved in and been speaking out upon as far as um, rights and and freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really interesting no matter what side you're going to take. So um, let me jump into this paragraph here. I want to read this, elaborate a little bit on it. And then we're going to wrap this thing up today. A bit of a short episode. Um, so the, and, and this is out of, uh, this is out of chapter one. This is uh, rule one. Um, and it says, most people have been subject to the deafening howling of feedback at a concert. When the sound system squeals painfully, the microphone sends a signal. The microphone sends a signal to the speakers. The speakers emit the signal. The signal can be picked up by the microphone and sent through the system again, if it's too loud or too close to the speakers. The sound rapidly amplifies to unbearable levels sufficient to destroy the speakers if it continues. So you've all heard that. A little bit of feedback. Oh, you've heard him at live shows or whatever. Oh, man, you hear the the loud, you know, piercing sound and and that's feedback. Okay, now here's how he kind of equates that example of the feedback to alcoholism. He says, the same destructive loop happens within people's lives. Much of the time when it happens, we label it mental illness, even though it's not only or even at all occurring inside people's psyches. Addiction to alcohol or another mood-altering drug is a common positive feedback process. Imagine a person who drinks and enjoys alcohol, perhaps a bit too much. He has a quick three or four drinks. His blood alcohol levels spike sharply. This can be extremely exhilarating, particularly for particularly, I can't even say that word, particularly for someone who has genetic predisposition to alcoholism. But it only occurs while blood alcohol levels are actively rising. And that only continues if the drinker keeps drinking. So basically what he's saying here is we have a few drinks and we get that buzz and we start to feel good. And we want to keep going. That's why a lot of us like myself, I can't just have one or two beers. It feels so fucking good. I want to just keep going. I don't want to stop. I'm having a good time. I just want to keep on rolling. And so that's, that's kind of where he's going with this. Now, he says when he, when he stops, not only does his blood alcohol level plateau and then start to sink, but his body begins to produce a variety of toxins as it metabolizes with ethanol already consumed. He also starts to experience alcohol withdrawal as the anxiety symptoms that were suppressed during intoxication start to hyper respond. A hangover is an alcohol withdrawal, which quite frequently can kill withdrawing alcoholics. That's why you hear a lot of people who die from from alcoholism. They withdraw so bad, their body is so dependent on it that when they stop, the withdrawal is so severe physically, the body can't handle it and they die. Now, it goes on to say, it all starts all too soon after the drinking ceases. So basically, let me just recap. There's a little bit more here. What he's saying is we have a few drinks. We get high as fuck. and We start feeling great. Okay, and then we don't want to stop. For me, I don't want to stop. I want to go all night. And then eventually, a lot of the time, it turned into getting cocaine and doing worse stuff um, you know, as the night would progress. Because I just want to keep going. Pedal to the metal, baby. I want to just keep rolling. I I can't stop. I don't want to stop in that point because I know partly when I do stop, I'm going to have to come down at some point. And that feels like dog shit. Who wants to come down after feeling like I just won the lottery? A lot of people would say, what does ecstasy feel like? I said, you ever won the lottery? No, well, neither have I, but I can imagine that's probably what it fucking feels like. Like I won the lottery. I feel great. I feel ecstatic. I feel super happy. I want to give, I want to love. I don't know why I'm talking about ecstasy. That just popped in my mind, but similar to alcohol, it feels great. You feel high. You're happy-go-lucky. You're relaxed. The anxiety's gone. You know, the depression is gone. I'm feeling great. Why would I want to come down from that? I don't. So what do I do? I continue on. I continue drinking. I continue going. And when I do have to come down, all I want to do is pass out as fast as possible. Okay, so he continues to say, to continue the warm glow... And stave off the unpleasant aftermath, the drinker may just continue to drink until all the liquor in his house is consumed, the bars are closed, and his money is spent. This is page 19. Okay, I'm going to flip to page 20, just in case you happen to get this book and you can kind of go right into this part. Now, here he talks about the hangover. And he talks about, he kind of brings it back here. The next day, the drinker wakes up badly hungover. So far, this is just unfortunate. The real trouble starts when he discovers that his hangover can be cured with just a few more drinks the morning after. You ever heard of the hair of the dog? People say, "Ah, oh, yeah, let's get a little hair of the dog. Give me a bloody mary, you know, first thing with breakfast in the morning because what do they call it? They call it nursing that hangover. I'm nursing that hangover, baby. Let me get a little let me get a little something something make that shit stiff so I can burn this thing off." So the real trouble starts when he discovers that his hangover can be cured with a few more drinks the morning after. Such a cure is, of course, temporary. It merely pushes the withdrawal symptoms a bit further into the future. But that might be what is required in the short term if the misery is sufficiently acute. So now he has learned to drink to cure his hangover. Check that out. Isn't that fucking gnarly right there? When I read that last night, I went, wow. So now he's learned to drink to cure his hangover. It makes sense, right? Now, when the medication causes the disease, a positive feedback loop has been established. Back to the feedback with the microphone, right? Alcoholism can quickly emerge under such conditions. Let me read that last line again because I had to read this a couple times last night and I went, wow, my mind was kind of blown a bit because I'd never really thought about it like that. When the medication Causes the disease. When the medication causes the disease. A positive feedback loop has been established. So what is he talking about here? Let's kind of recap really quick. Now I get. I get the next morning part. And I get get to that day. That morning when I'm feeling like shit. And I continue to drink. Now my medication is enabling the disease. My medication being my alcohol. We're just talking about alcohol right now by the way. In case you didn't get that. So, I mean, I guess, well, I mean, technically fuck, I guess you could really talk about anything. It doesn't have to just be alcohol. He's talking about it here, but it could really be any drug or substance or anything that is being um, used as, as somewhat of a tool to continue, um, you know, to continue that higher, to continue uh, feeling well and and not having to deal or feel the hangover. So I just thought that was so crazy. He's learned to drink to cure his hangover and the medication causes the disease. So as that just continues to go on, you, you see that cycle of constant drinking, of constant using, of constant take maybe it's taking pills, you know, taking, taking opiates, highly addictive, and you're constantly using that. And that's how you fall into that cycle of, um, of using or of drinking because you don't, you don't want to face reality number one. And you also don't want to face the physical ramifications of feeling, um, that, oh gosh, that dreadful feeling of just hangover of coming down of, um, oh God, I can remember, you know, after long nights of doing Coke or early mornings of doing Coke and and not having any left and having to feel that depression and anxiety and, um, just shame and guilt of doing that all night. So how do I not deal with that? Well, fuck, I just do more until I die or until it's gone and I, I don't have a choice but to feel like shit. And so you see how that medication can actually speed up and cause or contribute to the cause of the disease. And it's just a, it's a circle, that endless feedback of, of pushing through and, and, um, and, and just repeating itself over and over and over and over. And man, what a shitty way to live. What a shitty way to live in in case, um, you know, you didn't know that already, if you've experienced that, or if you're experiencing it now, the good news is, is there's help for that. The good news is that you can make a change in your life. The good news is that there's other people out there who are willing to help you do that, but you got to reach out and you have to put yourself out there. And like I said, at the beginning of the episode, you got to put in the work. You have to put in the work. I think that's what we'll title this episode. You have to put in work or put in work, or you got to put the work in. However we're going to title it, I'm not quite sure yet, but it'll be something like that. It's called personal responsibility, folks. And I don't want to sound callous when I say that, because I know there is a lot of people who are in such a fucked up spot where they don't know their ass from a hole in, uh, in the ground or up from down because the, um, you know, the, the mental state and the drugs and the alcohol has just completely overran um, any type of, of logical thinking. I understand that and and I, I I pray for my my friends, my family um, and those even that I don't know that are out there that are struggling for that, but you know no matter what state it is, there is help. you know there is people out there who love you, there is people out there who care. And uh, you can go to soberguide.com. There's resources there. You can find more resources on foundationsrecoverynetwork.com. You can also find, you know, we have listeners from all over the country. There's uh, even parts, different parts of the world. Look, go on to Bing, you know, go on to whatever your search engine is that you use. I'm choosing to say Bing um, and search, you know, uh, recovery meetings in my area. 12 step meetings, there's CR, there's refuge recovery, there's AA, there's NA, you know, those are just a few of them. Those are a few of the main ones. There's a whole bunch of other things out there. There's resources, but you got to search for it. You got to go get it and you can reach out uh, to us at, uh, like I said, uh, not There's a contact form on there. If you need some resources, I definitely try to answer all the emails and I can shoot some of to you in the uh, resources in your area. You can go search it too. And uh, man, there's hope. Don't give up. Don't give up. Put the work in, do the thing, check out more podcasts, man. What are some other podcasts? Try to give you some resources here. Uh, Recovery elevator, Paul Churchill, good homie. Um, Omar Pinto share podcast. Uh, give a little love to the dopey crew out there too, man. That's, they got a great following and we're all kind of different. That's the cool thing. We're all a little bit different. We all have our own little, um, you know, our own little vibes and our own little personalities and own little crews and little followings. And man, we come together like that. And, and, and we, and we, um, you know, we, we provide these resources just as a, as a huge circle of just love and, uh, coming from a good place of trying to help each other. It's great. So, you know, check, check those guys out, all those ones I just mentioned. Um, and, uh, man, what am i coming back to right now i guess i don't i don't know why um but i keep coming back to this one to the move your ass and your mind will follow it's a great one learn that in treatment and uh, so he stuck with me and if you feel lost look at your feet that comes from the big homie seth you know taught me that early on if you feel lost and you're feeling anxiety you're feeling like you don't know where you're where you're at where you're supposed to be just look at your feet you're right where you're supposed to be right Peace, love respect